Hi folks. I was attending a workshop at the AT&T Center and on my way back from lunch, there's this really interesting wood-toned piece of three-dimensional sculpture artwork. And I noticed a lady squatting beside it wearing one of those binocular magnifying visors. I think that you would think of somebody doing jewelry work. And she was painting or touching it up. It was a little hard to tell what was going on, so I asked her, and she has kind of an interesting story. So let's meet Megan. Hi, this is Mike, and I'm at the AT&T Executive Center. And can I ask your name? Sure, Megan. Hi, Megan. Nice to meet you. Hi, and can I confirm that I have your permission to use you on my podcast? Yes, of course. Cool. So uh, would you tell me a little bit about what you're doing so that people understand why I ended up running across you? <laughs> sure. Um, I am an art conservator, and I am a consultant for the Landmarks Public Art Program at the University of Texas. Um, the Landmarks Public Art Program has a number of different sculptures all over campus, as well as some video artworks. And the collection began with a long-term loan from the Metropolitan Museum in New York City. I spend a lot of time on the UT campus, and I have to say I really do appreciate all of the landmarks and artwork. Probably one of my favorites is one I had to look it up by Nancy Rubens called Monochrome for Austin. Um, it's a whole pile of canoes that have been wired together and stuck up in the air in a way that doesn't look possible and like it might just collapse or waft away even though they're very thick heavy metal. Anyway, it's cool if you see it and there's just stuff like that all over campus. And what I'm doing right now is in painting some scratches on a piece by Raoul Haig um, that's located here at the AT&T Center. Um, this is a really beautiful piece of uh, walnut wood that has um, a lot of character to it and it has a really beautiful surface that the artist hand carved. And because these scratches are sort of deforming the appearance of, of the piece and um, disrupting the experience of looking at the work, uh, my job is to try to make those as minimal as possible so people can really just enjoy the piece and not see some of the damages that have happened to it over time. If you want to see what we're talking about, go to landmarks.utexas.edu and search collection for Big Indian Mountain. It's a very large black walnut piece of work. Okay, so so because when I first ran across you, you were like there was a, a, a I guess a young person had put their name on it. Yes. But does that happen a lot? Um. Well, I'm I'm being coy because <laughs> um, um, you know we don't like to talk about our um, any any type of vandalism that happens to artworks because we don't want to encourage copycats. Oh, okay. But um, that, that makes sense. Yeah, and that's another reason that I'm doing this is um, when you leave things like people's names, graffiti, etc. in place, you sort of encourage people to do that. It, it sort of becomes a sign that, oh, this is what this thing is for. Sort of like when you see people's initials carved into like just one tree in a park. There, there won't be any elementary school kids listening to this podcast, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Thank goodness. You, well, you never know. Um, how, did, how did you get into doing this? Um, I have a background in art, um, and I really love science, so art conservation is sort of a marriage of art and science and art history, um, and I, I, a lot of different kinds of history, really, but um, I have the artistic skills needed to do this kind of in-touching, but um, I, I don't consider myself a, a creative artist type.
Gotcha. And in touching, by the way, is that she's got a, a one of those like jewelry magnification things on her head so she can do uh, close-in work. Okay, so I have butchered this a couple of times and decided to look it up. And after a little Google searching, I actually think I was pretty close. It's either called an optivizer or, amazingly, a binocular headband magnifying visor. There you go. She's got a paintbrush and she's got a little palette thing with some very interesting looking um, ochre brown kind of colors and things on that. Is it, it was ochre a good word yeah, for it? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I'm using a lot of different earth, earth tones. And what I'm using is um, this is a special kind of paint that was developed for conservators. Mm -hmm. And um, this paint doesn't, um, doesn't degrade the same way that a lot of other kinds of paint degrade. Um, it's very light fast and it stays uh, soluble over time in a lot of different solvents. So it, it doesn't um, become sort of intractable. So I know that um, if, for example, the Met decides they don't like the work that I've done or they'd like to, to refinish it in the future or something like that, um, the work that I've done can be removed safely with solvents that won't affect the original materials. Yeah, so you have, do you have multiple degrees or? Um, I have a Bachelor of Fine Arts and I have a Master's Degree and Certificate of Advanced Study in Art Conservation, which is, like I said, it's kind of yeah. like a half chemistry degree and half art degree. Yeah, you got to kind of find a special path to end up going there. Um, how did you end up choosing that though? Like what was it in your life where you said, I think I want to do a science and art? I had a really wonderful professor in undergrad named uh, Luann Stovall, who I may still teach here. I, I went to UT as so you an went undergrad. To UT. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yep, she still teaches at UT. Um, she sort of talked to a lot of us and, and basically said, you know, some of you might be really successful immediately right out of school and some of you might have to figure out a different path to keep art in your life. How are you going to do that? And she took us all over campus and brought us to every different department that she could find. So we went to the geology department, the theater department, film, business. Um, I, have a, I have a degree from the film department. Oh, really? And I have a degree from the theater department. I know, I know, but I get excited when somebody talks about RTF and theater. Oh my gosh, well, you should meet Luann. She's amazing, but she yeah. was like, you, you need to start thinking about um, those people outside of your immediate circles so that you can keep art in your life in some way and partner with those people so that you can figure out how to, to keep your practice up. So we thought about like making props, making set designs, right, costume right. design, um, getting involved in um, corporate collections for business schools, um, kind of leading people's art collections in a, in a sense. And then um, one of the places we went was to the Kilgarland Center, which is no longer here. And that was a, a paper conservation uh, and book conservation training program. Um, and I was like, oh, that's amazing. They were working on like blueprints by Frank Lloyd Wright. And I was like, you get to touch the art. It took me a little bit of sleuthing to figure out uh, how to spell Kilgarland, but I did finally track it down. And the Kilgarland Center for Preservation of the Cultural Record was housed at the University of Texas School of Information. That's, okay, that's, that, that's pretty cool, yeah. yeah. So, uh, are you an Austin native? I am. Yeah? Yeah. So, uh, what do you love most about Austin? I love the natural spaces in Austin. Yeah. So what, are you, what are your favorite, like, if you had one or two you were going to highlight? Ooh, um, I love going to St. Edward's Park, which is just a free, beautiful place to go. It's a good place to watch the fireworks, right? Oh. Oh, St. Edward's the hillside for sure. Oh, hillside. I'm, I'm talking about the, the park uh, off of Spicewood Springs in sort of northwest Austin. I think it's kind of a hidden gem. Is it, 
Is that the one on the the road where you pull off and then there's like a stream? Okay, I've seen that. Is it beautiful? It's, yeah. Yeah, okay. great hiking. Um, you can kind of go as long or as short as you want. Um, there's lots of beautiful native plants and some. That's a really good one for like. I I've never heard anyone bring that up before, but I've driven past it. I'm gonna make time to stop I've there. Probably driven past this park a hundred times, and every time I notice that there's a few cars and some people, and. It really looks pretty, but also not very official, right? Which would explain why it's kind of a hidden gem. Wonderful. Yeah, what's your other one? Hmm. I mean, you have to say Burton Springs, right? You don't have to. Yeah. But oh, it's pretty special. Do you actually swim in the water? Yeah, of okay, course. It's really cold it's water. It's really cold. It's wonderful. It's so beautiful and clear. But I think um, Austin's natural waterways are my favorite thing about yeah. the city. So anytime I can go find clear stream or a river or get on the lake, that's my favorite. Okay. So a uh, couple of quick questions. Uh, Mexican or barbecue? Mexican. Mexican food. And why Mexican? I'm vegetarian, so barbecue sort of out of the question. <laughs> Barbecue's really to barbecue tofu. You can only eat so much barbecue tofu, right? True, it's true, but we've got some great vegetarian Mexican uh, restaurants in town, and just it's. What is a good one? Ooh, uh, my favorite right now is Nista Taqueria, which has a lot of different kinds of food. They have. Um, they have meat for the meat eaters, they have vegan options, they've got veggie options, but really, really delicious food. Well, i got to check this one out. They're located on East 12th Street. I like the uh, blurb on their website, which says, sometimes there's a line, sometimes not. Either way, come on by, we got you. The chef, by the way, is a James Beard Award winner, so I'm thinking the food is pretty good, and it sounds like a very Austin place. Maybe because it's lunchtime, I kind of got sucked in by the enchilada potosina taco. Potato, chorizo puree, duck fat, refried beans, shredded cabbage, roasted tomato salsa, and queso enchilado. Yeah, I could eat that. Okay, cool. I'll check that. I'm lactose intolerant. So I'm always looking for, if it's vegan, I'm happy because I'm safe. Yeah. yeah. So, well, yeah. it has been an absolute pleasure to get to chat with you. I appreciate you being willing to, like, you know, go through this conversation. And I hope that your rest of your, uh, not, not in-touching, in-touching work on this piece of artwork um, goes really, really well. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure meeting you. Yeah. Cheers. Take care. When I first saw her, I had no idea why this woman was painting on this piece of artwork. And I'm really glad that Megan was willing to talk to me and explain it. And also, I ended up learning about a park that I have seen and never visited. A really cool place to go get some tacos. And a little more on the art conservation scene. So, Megan, thank you very much. So the next time you see a nice piece of art somewhere, think about Megan, who may be the reason why it's still in good shape. Well, folks, the next podcast is already recorded. Just got to get the editing done. I think you're going to like it. It's about a guy who likes fire hydrants.